0: Welcome to Jacksonville.radio. We're a family of radio stations serving the Jacksonville and South Georgia areas. As a service to our community, we highlight organizations and events that help make this area the best place in the country to live. Thank you for listening to our North Florida Neighborhood.
1: Hey, and welcome to North Florida Neighborhood. I'm Colby. and North. Florida neighborhood. It's all about getting to know our neighbors and hearing what really great stuff they're doing with us and for us in our community. And today, the neighbor we get to chat with, it's Brinson Wright. He's a Christian rapper and a filmmaker who was, lo- who was recently featured in the Jacksonville Film Festival. Brinson, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here and chat with you today.
1: So give me a rundown on your most recent film.
2: Um, It's called God Chasers, the Documentary, and it's really um about my label it's called uh god chasers entertainment and it had we have about four artists uh oatmeal c straight ready Rider, and nazarite with myself and it kind of goes over our journey into how we fell in love with Mm hip-hop and then how we use uh, that tool and that vehicle of music to reach the community and how um, that vehicle has sent me all over the world um, just, you know, promoting the gospel, um, investing in other communities besides Jacksonville. I've been to Germany, the Czech Republic, Japan, Alaska. Uh, the islands, all over the nation, you know, with this vehicle, you know, wrapping and, you know, I, I go to uh, camps, youth camps, churches, of course, prisons, maximum security prisons, uh, foster care homes, you name it. I probably wrap uh, there. So, um, and and that the film really kind of gives the take of that journey and and mm-hmm. a lot of the testimonial and uh, miracles that we've seen along the way.
1: So y- you you hit on how it was so beneficial to you. How do you think it benefited these other areas where you got to go? Um, and then especially like our community?
2: Well, I, we, you know, the, the gospel message is a message of hope, um, inspiration and encouragement. So I've got to go to a lot of um, under-resourced communities. Um, a lot of fluid communities and really with that message, tell them my story, you know, how I grew up north side of Jacksonville, um, went to high school and, and my upbringings and my challenges and trials and, and expose them to a part of my life and how the gospel transformed it and how, I, you know, with that transformation, I get to inspire others. And locally, I go to high schools in um, a lot of community centers, and, and just outside of rapping, speak, speaking to kids and investing in their lives locally. I'm currently uh, doing some 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 work with a lot of nonprofits, True North and. And some other ones and, you know, just inspire kids and try to get them on a healthy track, making great decisions with their lives Mm. and, you know, letting them know that they can be anything they want to be.
1: What has the response been when you're going to these kids and, and you're saying all of this?
2: Well, the response is always, you know, skeptical. (laughs) From an adult until the music comes on, and then after the music, and then when when they find out you're really good at what you do, and you you, the talent shows, then it's really uh, received, um, (laughs) really really received by the kids.
1: And what are you hoping this turns into um, in the next maybe year, or like like even like ten years?
2: Well, the God Chasers label have been around for 15 years, that's why it was so important to do a documentary. On it, And um, I, I think within the next year, um, I've been uh, pitching it to a lot of film festivals, and we have won, to date, 28 awards so far. And, um, you know, this past weekend we was featured in the Jacksonville Film Festival, and the reception um, of the film was amazing. Um, it, it's very cool to, to get people from all walks of life to come and see your film. Film and say, hey, I didn't know it was going to be this good, you know. So, within the next year, hopefully, we land a, a deal with a, a major streaming platform like a Hulu, Amazon Prime, Netflix. That's what really one of our goals, you know, to so we can do more filmmaking and, and highlight people like myself, and we got more stories to tell.
1: Mm. So, how, how do you try and meet that goal?
2: Oh, well. I've really been meeting with investors and, um, I'm, I'm thinking about launching a tour, uh, nationally with the movie that has, we don't just show the movie, but we take, uh, the Mm -hmm. whole label on the road and we, you know, do concerts, benefit concerts. And when people see all the good that we're doing, um, hopefully people get on, on board with us and want to lock arms and partner with us to, to get this message out and to uh, help us inspire others.
1: So you said or talked about doing a benefit concert. What would that look like, and then where would the benefit go?
2: Um, it, it depends what organization um wants to partner up with us. I know we, we've been doing a lot of um, hospital work and mm-hmm. kids with uh, and foster care. Um, really got a passion for. Uh, under-resourced kids really got a, a passion to you know help widows and you know of uh, the, the underserved you know some of the homeless or in Jacksonville we got a, a huge homeless um, growing population so we really would like to benefit them as well
1: and when people go and see your f- film or maybe even see you perform how do you want them to walk away
2: um, I want them to walk away inspired not just by the music, by, but by the, uh, the gospel message. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my concerts are... Super fun, super energetic, super hype. If a lot of the parents love bringing their kids to my concert because the kids leave wore out because of all the, you know, fun that they have jumping around to the song, singing the songs. And, you know, afterwards they're like, oh, we, we're going to get some more of the music and they'll be playing it on Spotify, iTunes, just... So their kids can have clean music mm. to to combat all of the other stuff that, you know, they hear on the radio. So I think my music is a safe place for, for parents and for people who want to change their musical diet from, you know, a lot of the negative stuff that they, you know, that they digest during the week or on the radio and stuff like that. Mm,
1: you hit on it a little bit. What kind of need is there for Christian rap in our culture today? <laughs>
2: Oh man, I think it, the need is so great. Um, not just because of the message, because there's a lot of people who don't believe what I believe, but love my music because it's a it's a healthy alternative to um, music that promotes destructive behavior and unhealthy relationships and mm. and things that you know. Oh, a parent really don't want for their kids, but they just, a lot of people just don't know that it's out there. Mm-hmm. They just don't know that there are tools to help them parent, tools to help guide their kids to make better choices and right decisions. You know, mm-hmm. so a lot of times when I go to uh, ministries and churches, I usually tell like pastors and pastors to let me know what they're teaching on so I can, mm-hmm. you know, year my performance to help talk about the things that they're already talking about.
1: How do you want the community to respond? How can we come come alongside you and link arms and help you with this, Brinson?
2: Um, As far as music, I would... Say um, get as much music as possible. Fo- follow me on um, social media so you know where, where I'm going to be with concerts locally when the film is um, coming out. And if there's organizations or other uh, people who want to, you know, contribute to the success of this film, you know, to reach out to me on on the Instagram or Twitter or Godchases.com, um, Godchases.com. Um, and just get all of the information that I'm giving out, like almost on a daily basis, um, really just tell people about what I'm doing, because I think the more people that know about the God Chases movement and, and what we're doing in, in the film industry and in the music industry, the more it'll help rose the brand and people would know that there is an alternative to what's out mm. there right now.
1: And it sounds like, I mean, you've been able to change lives all over the world, but how have you changed through starting this?
2: Wow. Um, I think my level of compassion mm. has just went through the roof because I see so many people. Um, in different walks of life and uh, I do a thing every year called Beyond Christmas and it's, it's really my philanthropy work that I go and uh, I get volunteers and people help me do like a shopping spree at like local Target and I just take truckloads mm-hmm. of toys uh, to kids at Orange Park Medical. Uh, Wolfson and uh, this year was the first time I did Nemo so I did three hospitals this year and I always get like uh, truck uh, a pallet of coffee for the nurses because, you know, they're the real <laughs> heroes and, you know, and I, because I hear they got caffeine addiction, so I want to <laughs> feed it and, you know, take them snacks and stuff like that and, you know, it's such a blessing that I get to pray with the nurses because I think, you know, after the, this past two years that their lives have been impacted by, you know, the pandemic and, you know, I know Orange Park Medical has lost some nurses, the COVID, um, tragically and I just want to let them know that, you know, they're not forgotten and the kids are not forgotten and that you know i do all this in the name of the lord just just to bring them some uh a day of joy you know it's not every day but i get to you know put help put a smile on their faces with them and the kids and um it's really important to me and you know to answer your question just to see people's reactions and the kids reactions and the parents who you know like at Nemours, i know a lot of those parents have High medical bills, so I don't know if they have the the funds to get good gifts for the kids. So I make sure I get all the high dollar uh, toys and video games, and, and let the kids pick exactly what they want. I don't, you know, just give them a small toy; they get whatever they want. Um, and if anybody go on my Instagram, you can see the wall-to-wall gifts that we took to to the kids, and you know, it was such a blessing just to. Um, you know, to even get to do it, you know. So it it has changed my compassion level, you know, beyond what I thought I had.
1: Mm. Well, Brinson, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. And thank you so much for all you're doing in our community.
2: Thank you for talking with me. You know, I hope uh, somebody's inspired by what I said and that they can do more in in our community too because we need all the help we can get.
0: Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood. Listen again next week, and if you have an event or organization you'd like highlighted, please contact Colby King at colby, C-O-L-B-I, at jacksonville.radio. jacksonville.radio we're a family of radio stations serving the jacksonville and south georgia areas as a service to our community we highlight organizations and events that help make this area the best place in the country to live thank you for listening to our north florida neighborhood
1: hey and welcome to north florida neighborhood i'm colby and north florida neighborhood it's all about getting to know our neighbors and hearing what great stuff they're doing with us and for us in our community and today the neighbor we get to chat with it's bright whitaker she's the director of communications and outreach with life south blood center bright thank you so much for joining us thanks for having me colby now give me a rundown on what life south blood is all about so life south community blood centers is a
3: nonprofit. Um, blood center and we collect blood from volunteer blood donors in the Jacksonville area and uh, we provide blood to our hospital partners which is all of Baptist Health, um, Wolfson Children's, U.S. Health, Memorial, and Orange Park Medical Center
1: to help treat patients that need blood transfusion. Okay, so that's a lot of places. So what kind of need does that look like? So
3: it's an everyday need. Mm. Um, blood donors are needed every day to make sure that blood is available when it's needed. Um, one thing that people don't realize, that it's really the blood that is available immediately that helps patients, especially when there's a trauma an accident or um, just an unexpected medical emergency. So we really need seven days a week donors to come in and donate blood.
1: So that's one of my questions. What kind of people are you supplying blood to? Like you said the locations, but who needs it? Uh, People who are uh,
3: involved in accidents, traumas, cancer patients, uh, burn victims, There's are uh, uh, many reasons that somebody would need blood if they're mm-hmm. entering the hospital and blood is not manufactured. Blood is a, a gift one human can give to another mm. so the only way to make sure that hospitals have what's
1: needed is to have people come in and volunteer to donate blood. And tell me what kind of impact one person can make when giving blood.
3: Sure. Uh, One person can actually save three lives with their blood donation um, because we're able to use their red blood cells, their plasma, and their platelets.
1: And does blood have a shelf life?
3: Yes. Blood has a shelf life, and that's also why it's important um, to come in and give to help replenish. Um, it, it's not something that can, you know, just be stored away forever. Um, and so that's why, you know, really, and, and especially this time in our, you know, what we're going through with COVID, um, blood donors ha- have, it's dropped off.
1: And so we need people to, who are healthy to come in and donate blood. And why, put it into perspective, why blood donations have dropped off so much over the past two years?
3: So um, with COVID, people, you know, aren't able necessarily to come in either if they're ill. Um, We've had blood drives cancel. Um, We've had staffing issues like everybody has had. So um, we've seen a decline. Actually, there's a national blood shortage right now. So not only us, but blood centers across the country have experienced this. And um, it's, it's really been a struggle, you know, to keep up with the need. Um, but people have been really great and have come in. And um, we just need to keep that up and keep it going
1: um, as we get through this pandemic. And, Bright, you said that there's, I, I think the article I read, it said we are in our first ever national blood crisis. Mm-hmm. And you just confirmed mm-hmm. that. What does that mean for us? So
3: that means that there's a significant drop in donations. We've been pretty lucky um, to be able to keep up with that and to be able to supply our hospitals. Um, But, you know, it's it's hard to know how long this is going to continue. And so, you know, it's really important that people know, I think they take it for granted also, that somebody else will give. Mm. Um, And sometimes it doesn't hit home until you think about a family member a friend or a neighbor who has needed a blood transfusion and when you think about that and and that they've received blood, that means somebody has given blood. Mm.
1: And you said one person giving blood can save three lives. So how often can we give blood? So um, you can give blood every week of a whole blood
3: donation. every 56 days uh, we can give a platelet donation every seven days and we can give a plasma donation every 30 days and with life south where can we start donating okay so we have blood mobiles. Out and about every day seven days a week you can find blood drive near you at lifestyle.org. we also have three convenient locations in the Jacksonville area uh, we have a blood center on Bay Meadows way we also have one in Fleming Island and Julington Creek
1: and I think a lot of us I hate to say it but we don't want to do something if there's nothing in it for us so when we donate <laughs> blood, what's in it for us? So blood donors receive a
3: special recognition gift, and we also say thank you um, by providing a $10
1: e-gift card to
3: donors.
1: Yes, and it's it's great. It's healthy for us to donate. It's good for yeah, our bodies. Absolutely. absolutely. And now tell me... I- again sometimes we don't want to do something because it takes too long mm-hmm. but what's the okay. reality of ab- behind giving blood how long does that process take
3: giving blood um takes you know from start to finish less than an hour mm. it's a very safe process especially i think people want to know that um, as we are in the middle of a pandemic that it is safe to come in and donate blood that we adhere to all the safety protocols you know on every federal state and local level um, So there's really no reason to hesitate and uh, we make it as pleasant as possible. Um, I think it's great, uh, a great experience for anyone. Our staff is very friendly, Um, we take care of you, give you snacks, drinks, cookies.
1: Um, and hopefully, you know, a good feeling that you've saved a life. Mm. There's some talk going around, are we able to donate if we've been vaccinated? And are we also able to donate if we haven't been vaccinated? Yes, both um, you can
3: donate. Um, if you've been vaccinated, there is no wait period. Um, that includes all of the vaccinations and booster. And then if you haven't been vaccinated, you can donate as
1: well. And if we want to help, how are we able to host our own blood drive? Yeah, you can um, reach out to us through our website. um,
3: And there's a section on our website about hosting blood drive. Um, So I would encourage anyone to check that out. If you have, you know, your church, business, organization I'm willing to host a blood drive it's a, also a wonderful experience for everyone involved um, we do a lot of, we do a lot of the legwork um, and we make it as easy for you as possible um, we just you know give us
1: the location and your support and we'll be there. And y'all are a local organization so how does a lack of blood affect our community? So if you know if, if <laughs> If there is a lack of
3: blood, um, it would affect patient care in hospitals. Uh, we saw this through COVID um, where elective surgeries would have to be rescheduled or canceled if, if the blood isn't there. Um, we've been really fortunate by South um, to not be in that situation. Um, but
1: we've only been able to do that because of our generous blood donor. And aside from hosting a blood drive, what else can we do to help get this news out there and to help others?
3: Um, you know... Follow us on social media, and you'll know what's going on. Um, encourage your friends and family to give blood, and make it a a group, you know, decision to come in and give together. Um, you know, the more we can do to spread the word and to let people know about it, uh, the better. Most people don't donate because they they feel like they haven't been asked or they really don't know the impact of a blood donation. Um,
1: so it's on, you know, it's on all of us to help, to help get that out there. And what are you guys in need of most? Blood, plasma, platelets? Right.
3: So um, we are always in need of platelet donors, um, and we are in need of all types of blood um, donors right now especially type O. Um, type O negative in particular is the universal blood type. Mm. So that blood can be given to anybody, um, which is important in terms of like traumas where someone comes in and there just isn't time to blood type them. Mm. So they will be given O negative blood. So O negative
1: blood is always in need. And then you said there's um, blood, blood donations happening all the time or rather mm-hmm. available. So how can we find out where the next uh, donation spot may be or where y'all are located?
3: So if you go to our website, which is lifestyle.org, you'll see a donate now button and you click that and you'll go to a search feature. So you can look up blood drives by zip code, city, uh, or organization um, that will show you where, where blood drives are uh, throughout you know, the upcoming months even. Uh, the great thing too there is that you can make an appointment to donate. So if you walk in, are welcome. But if you'd like to make an appointment
1: to donate, um, that's that's wonderful as well. Okay. Well, thank you so much, um, Bright, for all you're doing for us and our community. Thank you, Colby. Appreciate this.
0: Thank you for listening to our North Florida neighborhood. Listen again next week. And if you have an event or organization you'd like highlighted, please contact Colby King at Colby C O L B I at Jacksonville. Zach Williams in concert. You got pain. He's a pain taker. Sunday night at the Florida
3: Theater.
0: Southern rock, country, just pure inspiration. i
3: got an old
4: church choir singing in my soul.
0: With special guest, Ann Wilson.
4: Ain't no city that he can save. Let me tell you about my team. Get your
0: tickets now at fordatheater.com. It's important to love what you do and who you do it for. And that's easy when you work at American Electrical Contracting. They're always looking for new ways to invest in their employees. This year alone, they've increased employee benefits by 25%, doubled their life insurance policy, and added an extra scheduled holiday. Plus, they offer tuition assistance for higher education. American Electrical Contracting focuses on excellence and professionalism. Pursue excellence personally and professionally at American Electrical Contracting. Hiring now. Call 737-7770. Visit American. American-electrical.com. Are you wasting money on a timeshare you rarely use? Cancel it with Titan Exit Group. Get a free consultation and see how they can stop the never-ending maintenance fees and mortgage payments. In fact, if your timeshare contract is not terminated, you owe nothing, so you have nothing to lose. But those monthly fees get legally released from your timeshare. 100% guaranteed. Call now for your free consultation at 800-200-0894. 800-200-0894.
1: Exergen wants you to know about an important study just released by the FDA. It confirms what the medical community has known all along. Non-contact thermometers are not accurate, and they fail to meet FDA requirements for accuracy and labeling. With new strains of COVID on the rise, we can't afford to tolerate the rampant false temperature readings from non-contact thermometers. You need Exergen thermometers because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com.
3: Have you ever wondered why eyeglasses cost so much? The eyewear industry has been dominated by a single company that's kept prices artificially high. Yikes. Warby Parker was created to change that. They design and produce their own eyewear and then sell it directly to you for a fraction of the price. Warby Parker's high quality glasses start at just $95, including your prescription. Try five pairs of frames for free. Go to WarbyParker.com to pick your five frames to try on at home for free. That's WarbyParker.com.
0: Welcome to Jacksonville.Radio. We're a family of radio stations serving the Jacksonville and South Georgia areas. As a service to our community, we highlight organizations and events that help make this area the best place in the country to live. Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood.
1: Welcome to North Florida neighborhood. I'm Colby, and North Florida Neighborhood, it's all about getting to know our neighbors and hearing what really great stuff they're doing with us and for us in our community. And today, the neighbor we get to chat with is Holly Karras. She's the chief curator for the Cummer Museum of Art and Gardens. Holly, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yes, Holly, now give me a rundown on what the Cummer is all about. Oh my gosh,
5: the Cummer Museum of Art and Gardens is about so... So so much. Um, we are an an art museum. And we also have historic gardens. There should be a little something here for everyone. Inside the building, uh, we've got artwork ranging from ancient Egypt wow. all the way up through the present day. Um, and then, like I said, we've got these great historic gardens that are listed in the National Register of Historic Places that date from 1903 to 1931. And then we bring in changing exhibitions a couple times a year, and we also have a hands on interactive learning area, and we have a cafe, and we're open two nights out of the week, and we do concerts, and we do lectures, and we do art classes, so literally there is something for anybody to come experience at the Comer.
1: It's a one-stop shop. Okay, so let's hit on first the exhibit that you recently put into the Comer.
5: Yes. So we just are opening a new exhibition called American Perspectives. And it's a collection of highlights from the American Folk Art Museum in New York City.
1: And then, what what can we expect when we see that? You know,
5: um, so there are about eighty works of art in the exhibition, and you know, it's it's a little bit of everything that you may think of when you think of folk art. So mm-hmm. yes, there are quilts. Yes, there are animal carvings. Yes, there are, you know. Furniture pieces, uh, we have a carousel horse, we have some um, historic Shop signs, which were a big, um, a big element of folk art production. We also have some um, some portraits. But you know, one of the things. Is, so basically, we have a lot of different types of folk art production. But one of the things that was really um, compelling to me when I was looking at this exhibition is, um, and one of the reasons I particularly actually really like folk art is that you know, folk art is really just all about people who have this this desire Mm. to create and a desire to make. And, you know, it doesn't, you you don't necessarily have to be the person in the history book, right? You don't have to be, you know, some big name, flashy artist to understand the need to want to make stuff I mean Mm. you think about this great maker community that we have in Jacksonville right now you know these are these are folks who just who just had the need to create something and I think you know the beautiful thing about pulling together an exhibition of folk art is not only celebrating this human spirit of creativity and the desire to want to kind of record what's happening around you in some tangible way but it is also about celebrating kind of the everyday voices and the every the everyday experiences that make up America that's why this hmm. particular exhibition is called American perspectives because it really seeks to um, you know, to drill down again, not to the you know to the, the, the necessarily the big names or the expected names or particular storylines, uh, you know, from people who make it into the art history books, but like what were everyday Americans. T- thinking about from the time we before we were a country when we had just started to becoming a country all the way up into the 21st century what are those individual hmm. stories that that people are experiencing that they want to record somehow in and they use art to do that and i think that that kind of storytelling element in here is is really exciting
1: after we come and see this new exhibit specifically how do you want us to leave you
5: know I guess I would love if if people are able to kind of take a moment to reflect Mm -hmm. um, not only to think about you know where where they may see art and creativity in their everyday lives uh, because you know chances are it's around you somewhere even if you don't call it out as such right Um, but think about how how you and art intersect regularly but then I think the other the other takeaway here is to think about you know not only your perspective but the perspectives of others mm. and you know hopefully when you go through this exhibition and you look at this variety of material and you start to understand a little bit more about um, about the people who were making them um, you know it's, it's about being able to communicate your story but it's also about being able to hear and celebrate someone else's story who may be different mm. from yours so those would be those would be kind of my two my two takeaways
1: I love that and as we walk away from this exhibit and walk outside towards the gardens Holly what can we experience out there
5: well you know spring is <laughs> Spring is the best time in Florida, right? Agreed. Yes, Um, and we're just hopefully finishing up these these little cold snaps that we've been having recently. So hopefully um, it will be getting a little bit warmer in the next couple of days and the Sun is going to come out and it's going to stay there um, but we've got about two and a half acres of historic gardens on the st. John's River um, so if you're really lucky some days you see a dolphin or five out there playing around um, but we've got a you know a lovely collection of three formally designed gardens by some of the most celebrated names in American landscape um, including the Olmsted brothers who were the sons of Frederick Law Olmsted who designed Central Park um and you know, it's just, it's a lovely place just to wander through, see what's blooming. We've got a lot of azaleas. We've got a lot of roses. We've got a lot of delphinium and some foxglove that should be pushing pretty soon. Um, and just, you know, beautiful oak trees. Um, so it gives you a little bit of shade, um, a lovely breeze coming off the water. Um, so we hope everyone just just wanders around and admires You know, the beauty and being in nature and then get a great look at our famous St. John's River.
1: Mm. And this year, it's a big year for the comer because you guys are celebrating your 60th anniversary we're 60 happy birthday (laughs) happy birthday (laughs) yes um yeah so
5: this year for us uh you know certainly it's it's a big anniversary um Mm -hmm. and i'm sure that our founders arthur and nina comer um could not have imagined uh, the type of place that we have grown into today so certainly one of the things that we want to do this year is you know to look back and celebrate some of our achievements and some of our highlights of the last 60 years, um, but, you know, we also want to be forward-facing, um, you know, our, one of our taglines is, you know, your community, your museum, mm. um, and we really, we really believe that um, it's more than a tagline to us, so that's one of the reasons that this American Perspectives exhibition is so well-timed, because we, we want to, you know, we want to hear people's stories, and we want to be a part mm. of their stories moving forward. So um yeah, we're we're looking not only at American perspectives, but we have some other exhibitions that'll be opening in the spring that are celebrating the permanent collection, uh which has grown from sixty works of art left by Mrs. Cummer to more than five thousand. Wow. Uh so yes, yeah, so we've got we've got a full 2022 of just good things happening at the museum and lots of opportunities for folks to come out and participate whether that's daytime whether it's evening whether it's weekends we've got free hours scattered in throughout the week. Um, and as I said, lots of classes and programs and concerts. And and just come for lunch and stay for the museum.
1: Yeah, that leads me to ask, how can we as a community help, help celebrate the 60th anniversary?
5: Yeah, so first of
1: all, come on out.
5: Uh, we are open every day of the week except Monday. Um, and you can find information about our hours and free admission periods on our website, which is Comer museum, All One Word dot org. Um, and then like I said, we are going to be launching um, some some feedback sessions, um, particularly on our social media channels uh, to get people to, you know, to share their favorite cummer memories, because favorite cummer photographs, and and tell us what they'd like to see for the next 60 years. So that's going to be launching pretty soon. Uh, but we've got some great programming coming up in the next couple months in conjunction with American Perspectives, including a music festival and a makers festival. Um, so lots and lots of stuff that'll be happening here during the spring. We hope people come out and uh, and participate. If Either come back if they've been to the museum before or come for a first look if it's not something they thought about yet.
1: And you talked about how you wanted us to leave after seeing this new exhibit. How do you want us to leave after seeing The Comer as a whole?
5: Oh, wow. I hope that when people leave The Comer, um, they feel energized. Mm -hmm. I hope that they feel, um, you know, I guess energized if they needed to feel energized or they feel uh, rested. And calm. If they needed a place to feel calm, mm-hmm. um, that's one of the one of the things that I think is great about here is you can come and you can you know you can be part of you know, a loud activity or a loud event like a like a concert or you know a program. Or if you if you're hungry for something that's a little bit more personal and introspective and you know reflective, especially given kind of the times that we're living in today, um, then we're a place for that too so I hope when people leave we've met them wherever it is mm. that they are on that day
1: mm. what a beautiful thing to say Holly how can we find out more about the comer and get in touch with y'all
5: yeah check out our website uh, as I said www.cummermuseum.org and check us out on uh, Facebook Instagram all of the social media channels we're here
1: we're ready okay holly thank you so much for all you're doing and thank you for being such a great neighbor in our neighborhood thanks so much for having me colby
0: thank you for listening to our north florida neighborhood listen again next week and if you have an event or organization you'd like highlighted please contact colby King at colby c-o-l-b-i at jacksonville.radio Welcome to Jacksonville.radio. We're a family of radio stations serving the Jacksonville and South Georgia areas. As a service to our community, we highlight organizations and events that help make this area the best place in the country to live. Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood.
1: to north florida neighborhood i'm colby and north florida neighborhood it's really cool because it's all about getting to know our neighbors and hearing what really cool stuff they're doing with us and for us in our community and today the neighbor we get to chat with it's mary ann jacob she's a ceo for the girl scouts of gateway council miss mary ann thank you so much for joining us Colby, thank you. I
4: am just thrilled with the opportunity, and we do have just lots of good things to share with our neighbors today.
1: Yes, anytime we get to talk about cookies, I'm going to be a happy camper. So mm-hmm. give me a rundown true. on what the Girl Scouts of Gateway Council is all about. So we
4: are... An organization, in fact, the largest girl-serving organization outside of the public school system that prepares girls for leadership roles. So we have, um, we are actually celebrating our 110th anniversary. Whoa. So this is nothing new for Girl Scouts. And uh, super excited about the opportunity to prepare girls for their future leadership roles, but also to create and fill the pipeline for female leaders across our region. So uh, we have a great time doing it. And people often think of Girl Scouts as cookies and camp, but there's so much more
1: behind that madness. Uh, but it is cookie season, so we're excited about cookies. So tell me how you're creating female leaders because oh, in my wonderful. mind, I'm like, Thank you. How, do you, how do you do that just by selling cookies? But yes. it's so much more than right. that.
3: No, no, there's
4: so much more than that. So we are, um, we have four pillars of programming that we focus on, and it includes outdoor and life skills, and entrepreneurship, but it also um, includes STEM. So we introduce girls to different opportunities, different careers, but they do this with a badge program and so we either go into the school systems or we um, troop leaders uh, actually work with girls to uh, share learning experiences outside of what they may normally see in the classroom, because a lot of learning happens outside of school, mm. actually. Most productive learning may happen outside of school. So we engage girls, and uh, it's girl-led. Girls can decide, hey, I want to focus on STEM, or I play soccer, so I'd love to be in a troop with a bunch of girls who play soccer, or um, I am really into the outdoors, most of our Girl Scouts experience all four of those pillars of learning and programming wow. throughout their Girl Scout experience. So it is pretty it is pretty exciting and it's very robust. And all of our programming is designed it's research driven and it's designed to engage the girls mm-hmm. and have measurable outcomes. So you know, it, it, it's hard to, to explain it, but I wish every girl in your listening area would at least try it once because it really is an opportunity. I know I'm a little biased, Aldi, <laughs> but it, it really is an opportunity, particularly for girls um To really broaden their horizons.
1: And I'm a little bummed. I was never in Girl Scouts because I had my own own assumptions of what y'all were all about. So what Mm -hmm. does it look like for somebody to be a Girl Scout?
4: So we actually serve girls from age 5 through 17. And uh, for the last two years, we have been, we've introduced a new program called Kindergarten Readiness that really targets 4 and 5 year olds. And it's a four session program where we help girls understand, um, the learning concepts and how to make friends and just, it, it's just really amazing. So you can start at five. You don't have to go through the kindergarten writing this program. It's just an option. And, uh, we introduce girls in, to STEM at mm. five years old. Uh, but take that all the way through. All the, all the programs are, you know, age appropriate and they're curriculum driven and the curriculum meets the, the national school board curriculum and all of our local uh, school curriculum as well. And so uh, when I think of myself as a Girl Scout, and I am a professional Girl Scout now, but I started uh, <laughs> and an old professional Girl Scout, <laughs> but when I think about what they, what that, I mean, what it's done for me, mm. I love to public speak, I, yeah. um, you know, have learned how to be an entrepreneur. Girls are learning mm. that with the cookie program, but they're also learning all sorts of life skills. Uh, I'm particularly am fond of our programs that are designed to help girls understand the mental health mm. environment, how to identify issues in mental health not only for their friends but for themselves as well. So we uh, we have a huge mental health ambassador program and right now it's so critical because, With the pandemic, so many girls have been, well, and just children and adults, actually. We've been just thrown out of our comfort zone, and the lack of connectivity, which we're all created for connectivity and community, every single one of us, uh, really has had a negative impact on girls particularly, mm-hmm. so we are really working to establish and train not only girls, but parents and their volunteers and our Girl Scout volunteers and troop leaders to really fully understand or grasp the issues of mental health and what resources are there and we we'll turn ourselves into resources as well, particularly for our friends.
1: Mm. And Miss Mary Ann, when somebody ages out of being a Girl Scout, they've already done it. What do you want them to walk away with? Ooh.
4: First and foremost is I never want them to forget what Girl Scouts did for them. Mm. How it prepared them for being a great mom, being a great CEO, being a great nurse, doctor, whatever it is, being a great park ranger because so many, we do that as a Girl Scout alum. We just, we completely disconnect. So what I I want them to walk away with really great skills and courage and confidence and character but also to really reflect on. Oh my goodness, this was, you know, pretty impactful in my life. And, uh, and Girl Scouts, uh, helped with this or prepared me for this or, or whatever. And, um, so there's just, uh, a lot. And I think one thing that we know, our research shows us, because we do have a research institute, but our research shows us that a girl, a girl that participates in Girl Scouts even for just one year actually benefits from the wow. program. As an adult who didn't get to go to Girl <laughs> Scouts, I could bring you back in as a volunteer and and I can assure you that you would you would benefit from it as well
1: okay I, I like to eat cookies <laughs> right, so but okay. you guys and and I love that whereas I might not be able to be a Girl Scout now you do have so many opportunities for us to still be a part of that and I want to hit on your fourth annual Thin mint uh, Sprint cookie crawl That's a mouthful sure. Miss Marianne tell me about that. <laughs>
4: So, yes, the cookie crawl is a mouthful, and it also could be an exercise pool, I think, Uh, for those of us that may not be runners. But anyhow, we are um, kicking off the Girl Scout. It it, it actually falls on the weekend, of National Girl Scout Cookie Weekend. Mm. And so we are kicking off that weekend with a thin mint sprint at the Jacksonville Zoo and Gardens on Saturday, February 19th. It's a 5K and a one-mile course, which you'll find me on the one-mile course. So there's a distance for everyone. Uh, the event also includes a cookie tasting wow. to the race. We have a new cookie this year, yes. And, of course, all the great instruments that come with um, actually participating in a 5K or a one-mile fun walk. <laughs> so it is at the Jacksonville Zoo. Uh, individuals can sign up for the race at um bit.ly forward slash Thin Mint sprint 22. and go to our website gatewaycouncil.org as well and find um, the data or the, and the research for it or the way to sign up. But um, the registration is open for everyone. And we're super excited about this because well, particularly, this is a, just a personal endeavor of mine, but I love when two nonprofits or four or five come together to lift the community, mm. and so our partnership with the Jacksonville Zoo is doing just that individuals who walk or run in the race can can um, elect to actually participate and enjoy the zoo after they run so or walk. So um, it's going to be a great day. It really is. And we um, this first time we partner with the zoo and uh, who doesn't like to go to the zoo? Yeah.
1: And, and while, again, this is this is great, you guys aren't all cookies. Like you said, you guys are raising up female leaders in our community. So tell me how we can maybe get on board with that as well.
4: Oh, certainly. We have all sorts of opportunities for volunteers to participate in Girl Scouts. And our um, cookie program is one of them. Just. it's it's a small fraction of what we do. Mm-hmm. What we, what we like to, um, ensure is that not everybody is going to be a troop leader, right? Mm-hmm. Nope, not everybody's going to have five or six girls or twelve girls, depending on the level of the troop, and walk them through the Girl Scout leadership experience. However, we do have experts that we engage, for example, I am not a STEM, I, I'm, I love math but yes. math's not my stronghold, if I were doing a STEM um, badge I may bring in a math teacher or I may bring in an engineer from CSX or I may, so we have professional episodic volunteers that actually help deliver programming as well so that's one way to get involved and of course the best Thing that the general public does is actually supports the Girl Scout mm. Cookie Program.
1: Great. And that's what we're yep. here for. A hundred percent. What a fun way to help support something that is pouring back into our community. And we can start seeing Girl Scout tents pop up soon, February 11th. Miss Mary Ann, thank you so much for all you're doing for our neighborhood and just for being a part of the Girl Scouts of Gateway Council. We really appreciate you. Thank you, Colby. I appreciate you, too. And thanks to the North Florida Neighborhood.
0: Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood. Listen again next week. And if you have an event or organization you'd like highlighted, please contact Colby Keene at Colby, C-O-L-B-I, at
4: Jacksonville.radio.